Date of recording, the 20th of July, 2021. Hey everybody, welcome to a different kind of episode of Let's Talk Media with Vedanta Kauri. For today's episode, I'm going to read a paper that I had to write for one of my creative nonfiction classes during the spring 2021 semester. Basically, this paper is a criticism of the media landscape and society as a whole for almost always assuming that if there's a guy and a girl or a man and a woman, then they have to fall in love or at least have a crush on the other sex. That is, if they are straight. I did end up getting a 98 on this paper, and, and I consulted a gender study student for this paper, so I feel pretty good about what I'm about to say. So here we go. Dear reader, can you kindly direct me to a TV show or a film where two heterosexual friends of the opposite sex remain close friends throughout the story? How many can you name? I've attempted this challenge myself. In Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Amy Santiago and Jake Peralta were close to the hip at their workplace as police detectives. They were work partners, held a lot of competitive work bets, and playfully teased each other. But then Jake develops a crush on Amy and they get married. Yes, there are Gina and Jake who have been close to the hip since childhood, but she's not in the show anymore. Even in film, there are examples like when Harry met Sally from 1989, in which Harry says that, quote, men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way, end quote. In the anime tour Dora, the two main characters become friends to help each other admit their feelings to their crushes. However, the two characters eventually become close friends. They hang out and eat dinner at each other's houses pretty much every day. Towards the end, they develop feelings for each other and elope. And don't even get me started on Bollywood, in which a lot of their films shoehorn romance. For instance, I watched a film called Wake Up Sid from 2009. In the film, a spoiled man-child named Sid befriends a mature woman named Aisha in Mumbai. Soon enough, they hang out, constantly chat over email, and he helps her find an apartment. Towards the climax, Sid's parents kick him out for failing college, and he moves in with Aisha. Personally, I felt no hint of romance between these two prior to them moving in, but alas, they fell in love. In Will and Grace, the titular characters are roommates and best friends. But Will is gay. In The Carrie Diaries, Carrie Bradshaw and Walt are best friends. In fact, Walt's the only guy in Carrie's friend group of three other girls, and later on, Walt realizes that he is gay. To clarify, I love all these shows, and I love Will and Grace, and I love The Carrie Diaries, and I have a ton of respect especially for Will and Grace because it came out in the 1990s, a time when Ellen got a parental discretion warning because its titular character came out as a lesbian. However, the best friend relationships in these two shows could have unintentionally reinforced a societal belief. As a teenager, a lot of Indian adults told me that a guy and girl can never be close friends except under two circumstances. Number one, at least one of them has a secret crush on the other, or two, at least one of them is gay. A lot of them also told me that if feelings aren't there between two heterosexual friends, then it's just a matter of time. I've even heard a lot of cases where Indian women will talk to their male friends, but then their family will ask the obligatory, is he into you? Are you into them? And are you thinking of dating them? 
Of course, the media has instances of close platonic friends with the opposite sex, like Elle and Lee in The Kissing Booth. However, examples like The Kissing Booth seem minute in comparison to what the media and society thinks of boy-girl or man-woman friendships. Now I'm going to talk about a study called Desai et al. from 2010 that is spelled D-E-S-A-I. So in Desai et al., they mentioned the 2001 Indian census in which over 95% of women were married by the age of 25, with less than 1% of women remaining unmarried and less than 2% of men remaining unmarried. As a whole, while child marriage is on the decline in India, most women over there got married between ages 14 and 25 with a tight cluster between ages 17 and 19. In terms of gender, cross-sex interactions and even presence is condemned in Indian society, such as how even in some Indian households, men and women aren't allowed to eat together. After I wrote this paper, I was just browsing randomly through Quora when somebody mentioned an Indian show called Tarak Mehta Ka Ulta Chashma. Now in the show, they mentioned that when the main characters gather for some kind of a meeting or discussion, then most of the time, the men will stand in one corner and then the women will stand in another corner. And now that it's been mentioned to me, it sticks out like a sore thumb that some Indian shows like this one are so conservative that the men and women can't even intermingle among one another. And it's just reflective of, again, cross-sex interactions being condemned in Indian society. And so because of India shoving marriage down youngsters' throats and enforcing gender segregation even at the house and even in TV, it's no surprise that male-female friendships are regarded more as a time bomb in India. Fortunately, the US is a more individualistic society, as I've learned many times in my psychology classes, and for those who don't know, individualistic societies emphasize personal choice and freedom, whereas collectivistic cultures emphasize conformity and family. For instance, according to a 2019 Pew Research poll in the US, 50% of those who are single are not looking for relationships or dates. Just, again, compare that to India, where over 95% of women were married by the time they were 25, and only less than 1% of women were unmarried and less than 2% of men remained unmarried. Just compare that to the US. Unfortunately, while there is less relationship pressure in the US, Sex segregation can still begin here in childhood, somewhat wane in adolescence, and then return in adulthood due to social norms. I found a study from Mehta and Stroh published in 2009, and it says that in preschool and kindergarten, parents have no qualms against mixed-sex playgroups. However, around first grade, kids become aware of the social norms that discourage mixed-sex relationships. As such, it's the children themselves that reinforce this belief on their friend groups, and they can go as far as ostracize other children who interact with the opposite sex. During adolescence in the Western world, other sex friends are allowed, but only if they also have friends of the same sex. Now, that maintenance of opposite sex friendship is deemed crucial because girls who mostly spend time with boys can be labeled as promiscuous. Likewise, a boy with exclusively female friendships can be labeled as gay. And that increases in adulthood because adult men who maintain relationships with women may be asked if they're gay. This increases even further post-marriage as, quote, having an other sex friend may suggest to others that something is lacking in a person's marriage, end quote. 
As a senior TV production major, I can safely say that the media industry does reinforce these beliefs about cross-sex relationships for two reasons. The first reason is that we're all products of our environment. In case of romance plots in film and TV, if society and these storytellers grew up with the belief that heterosexual boys and girls or heterosexual men and women can't have many close friends of the opposite sex, then they'll likely reinforce that in their own media. The second reason is money. Romance stories are a proven commodity in views and sales because love is a very universal appeal. While the media strive for groundbreaking stories, they're also a business. As such, they'll tend to sell viewers the status quo because it's been proven to sell well. Even though audience members claim to want more originality in the media, deep down we still love patterns and familiarity. These two factors can explain why heterosexual friends of the opposite sex rarely stay close friends in media. In Wake Up Sid, the Bollywood film from 2009, even if Sid and Aisha have no romantic chemistry before they move in together, they're going to end up together because that's what Indian society expects and what it pays to see in a Bollywood film about a man and woman. In America, while the pressure to marry isn't that extreme like I've mentioned, Hollywood's still going to have examples like that quote in When Harry Met Sally, which says that quote, men and women can't be friends because the sex part always gets in the way, end quote. They're going to have examples like that because that's how American society tends to perceive adult friendships with the opposite sex. And like I mentioned, the audience has confirmation bias, and as such, it makes sense for Hollywood to perpetuate these beliefs about men and women in their future films and TV shows. Wrapping things up here, I just want to clarify that I am not against romance films and TV shows. However, what I am against is the lack of open-mindedness towards straight boys and girls, or straight men and women remaining close friends and possibly best friends. Society needs to stop ostracizing adolescents for mostly befriending the opposite sex. In addition, society needs to stop ostracizing adults for befriending even one member of the opposite sex, especially post-marriage. The media industry needs to increase its friendship diversity. Hollywood, as a TV students, I understand that stories outside the status quo can be a tougher sell to audiences, but please try. We need more opposite-sex best friends like Elle and Lee in media because people are products of their environment. Within that environment, if people grow up watching more fictional friendships like Elle and Lee's, then maybe society can change its viewpoints over time. While it'll take a lot of persuasion in the media to take risks, and in society to change minds, only by initiating that process or continuing that process with examples like The Kissing Booth, only then can we strive towards a more inclusive media and societal landscape. And that's my paper. I'm really glad that I finally got to share this paper with you fellow listeners out there. On Friday, I will have a new episode out at Midnight EST talking about banned books with an Ithaca College professor. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you have a good rest of your day.